0: There is a bomb in Gilead.
1: Psalm 45, To the Choir Master, according to the Lilies, a mascal of the sons of Korah, a love song. My heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride out victoriously. For the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness, let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. With the oil of gladness beyond your companions— Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of ophir. Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts the richest of the people all glorious is the princess in her chamber with robes interwoven with gold in many colored robes she is led to the king with her virgin companions following behind her with joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the king in place of your fathers shall be your sons you will make them princes in all the earth i will cause your name to be remembered in all generations therefore Nations will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45 in the ESV.
2: Hello, and welcome back to another uh, long-awaited episode of the Balm in Gilead podcast. I am your host, Brian Jemerson, and sitting over close to uh, Oklahoma City is my good friend. Pretty pretty close. close, Like in it uh, is my good friend... (laughs) Grant E Baker and my son Gene, yes.
1: and his friend van will. who will be punctuating the evening with their talk of, I think they're playing Minecraft or something.
2: Possibly your dog as well. From time to time that happens. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> no, laying right here. unfortunately that's it. Uh, our good friend, my good friend, <laughs> Justin is away, but um, yep, we, we figured we could delay this yet another week. Or we could just go ahead and get this done because yeah. it's been a while.
1: It has, and it's really good to be back behind the microphone. Although last time, mm. I have that sweet, sweet memory of you and your wonderful family yes. out here uh, in Oklahoma City. So uh, this is, I'm, I'm running solo again. Yep.
2: And it feels like it's been at least eight weeks since we were there. It has just been a crazy, crazy huh. whirlwind this past month. Oh my! Um, word. yeah, so we recorded, and then, what was it, two days later, we recorded again with the uh, not the bee social podcast, which was which was a lot of fun, yeah. and that was and uh then I think just real life just kind of hit like a wrecking ball uh, as they say um, <laughs> and and we're still we're still limping along, but uh things have been things have been interesting uh, i I've probably I've gone the longest that I have in 3 years of not eating Chick-fil-A. Um,
1: whoa. Is that like a day? No, it's a 24-hour period. It's been like 2 weeks. Whoa. Yeah. Wow.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's been weird. Is your body going through withdrawal? Uh I think that's just I think it's called detox. I think is what it's called.
0: Oh, no, okay.
2: Um all right. I've actually uh, been, so I've, I've eaten significantly less fast food, and I've had I've consumed significantly less soda in the past two weeks. So I'm probably in significantly better shape than I've been in a while. Though I haven't actually like <laughs> worn out, uh, worked out, or anything. It's like uh, when Andy Dwyer got fit because he stopped drinking beer. All of a sudden. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I'm surprised that you drank soda instead of lemonade there. To, I mean, you're sitting right yeah, there at the chick But Chick-fil-A. we had to pay
2: for the lemonade. We didn't have to pay for the soda.
1: Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's the good stuff.
2: Every, occasionally, whenever we accidentally made an extra lemonade, I, I would sneak it, but no. It was uh, not something that I could just go ahead and, and grab, though. though, people did it all the time. It's kind of... Idiotic. Oh, it's fun. Whatever. <laughs>
1: little conversation with your underlings. Yeah. Um, oh, well, those days now are gone They are, uh, and you're off into the brave new world of, uh, teaching. Subst- right? I'm I mean, doing
2: substitute teaching. I know you, uh, been- I've been doing it more or less full time. Um, yeah, I've mm-hmm. only had like a, like two or three days that I've had available that they, um, that they didn't need me. So pretty much every, yeah. Really? So pretty much every day I've been asked to go in, um, mm-hmm. Now we were gone for three days last week. They actually asked me if I could do like, it was something like eight days in a row of, in the same class. And I had to miss three of them because of, uh, we were, we were out of town and uh, we were out of town mm-hmm. because this, this, last week marked the, the, the two year, um, the two year mark of, of losing kit. So just uh, it's been crazy. That's crazy to even think like that's been two years. Um, yeah. And so there's that, um, we're still dealing with insurance with the hospital, uh, and also insurance with my car. Um, so I still am rent, uh, like we are sort of renting a car after, uh, having been in an accident and we actually have to turn it in on Monday and still don't have a settlement with the insurance because they keep trying to give us less money than we can use to replace the car. So that's, that's frustrating. Uh, I think what just kind of peaks of frustration is, uh, all this happened like right after we decided, I decided to, Hey, it's a good time to change careers. So let's go out on a limb. Let's, let's, uh, put myself out there and let's, let's do all this. And then just overwhelming stress, uh, from every side. <laughs> so it will be all right. I'm sure.
3: Should
1: be, yeah, should be good.
2: should be good.
1: good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I also had some exciting, exciting things happen. I'm also changing jobs, so gonna be working for uh, Kohl's. Nice. Now. So your local Kohl's department store. Um, I will be a friendly person helping to make things run smoothly nice.
0: there.
1: I think. So what are you listening to these days or watching? Yeah. I hear you've been watching some interesting things yes too.
0: so um
2: i will I'm going to forgo my listening because I've listened to almost nothing except for one album that i'm that you've listened to extensively more than I have, and i'll I'll leave that one for you um, <laughs> so The suspense okay. is going to kill everyone uh, no my my <laughs> wife and i it's killing, it's killing no one uh, my wife and I. Uh, have been binge watching uh, it. And I say binge watching. We've been watching like an episode a night for quite a while now of the office. Um,
1: oh my goodness. We're doing nice. The same so thing. we
2: watched it. We watched it new, like when it was first uh-huh. on and, yeah. uh, and my wife gave up around the end of season six, I gave up Oh, just just before the halfway mark of season seven. Um, and, and then we never like, I've seen part of, of one, maybe two episodes since then. Um, we just finished the show. Like we just watched finale of season nine, uh, like two nights ago. Um, such a good show, such a good show. So glad I went back and watched those, those episodes. Um, there's an, excellent excellent show highly recommend it if you've never watched it go watch it if you if it's been if it's been since it was live that you watched it go back and rewatch it it's just so good um however when we were at the cabin uh they didn't have a dvd player and they didn't subscribe to the peacock and so we couldn't watch it there even though we had it in our hands we couldn't watch it so we uh We're looking at what they did have and they had Disney plus. And so we in two nights binged watch season one of Mandalorian for the first time.
1: Oh yeah. Great show. Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so this is the way I can say that now. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, it was just, it was so good. It was, it was, a, it was a really, really good show. I have a whole lot of questions. Like yes. I want to like do like a huge deep dive with people concerning Django Fett, uh, because, oh, because, okay. and we, we, we can, we can skim the waters here because when episode two came out, they, they didn't have the Mandalorian code. Like that was, that's something that was created for the show they clearly didn't have anything planned with this whole Mandalorian code of honor. Uh, but Jango Fett totally mm-hmm. has his helmet off and, uh, and he's being paid by what we will learn was Emperor Palpatine to offer mm-hmm. his DNA for the army of clones. And also Boba Fett, who was a clone. So Boba Fett is a stormtrooper, Apparently, um, just a slowly aging stormtrooper. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, this whole, that, that was one of like the most muddled, like not enough thought was put into episode two, uh, especially as as all that goes on. But so Django Fett was clearly a Mandalorian, um, has all the armor for a Mandalorian. <laughs> However, he took his helmet off, so he broke the Mandalorian code while also maintaining the ownership of the armor and still wearing it, which means that he, like, completely spat on the Mandalorian code. Um, And so I I find that to be really interesting. And how Boba Fett, like, where did Boba Fett go? Uh, Because Boba Fett never takes off his helmet. So he appreciates the Mandalorian code after his father spat on the Mandalorian code. So that's some really interesting interesting concepts i'd like to get into some uh, a deep dive of fan uh you fan
1: mean, theories
2: you should also watch season we two. will eventually watch it we just don't have disney plus at our house um fair enough nor do we have like actual internet we just use our phones so we will eventually watch it uh hopefully one day they'll actually release it to DVD and then our local public library will buy a copy of it. And then we can just check it out for free. Cause that's how we, that's how we, this is the way.
1: Cool. All right. Next time you're over at our place, we will <laughs> pull up Mandalorian uh, second season. And uh, I think that will, will help yeah. you a little bit, but not answer everything, but it will help maybe with okay. a little bit. But anyway, that's, that's all I'm going nice. to say about that. I don't want to spoil it for you. It's a great show. Um, have you uh well you don't have disney plus but another great one that we finally finished watching we actually forgot that we have one more episode was the show loki uh which i thought like i'm not into comic yeah. books at all my wife knows way more about this stuff than i do i haven't watched all the movies or things like that oh there's ash anyway um so i uh yeah, we, we also, we, we watch that. We're, we're now watching through The Office. It feels like we're watching a lot of television, but we don't usually watch. Uh, uh, the Office is something for after the kids yeah. go to bed and Lindsay and I are just in our room and um, we watch a couple episodes before going to bed. That's that kind of a thing. My wife, I should say my wife tolerates it.
2: Also, Office is 22 minutes long. Like Their episodes are super short. So you can watch, you can they watch are, quite nice. a bit, it's, and then it's not really; it's less than the amount of time it would take to watch a movie. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I've never seen Loki, WandaVision, or the Black Widow movie. Like those are the ones that mm-hmm. I haven't seen. I know there was a lot of like a lot of backlash over Loki verse for some LGBTQ stuff, but th- those, but those,
1: I think there was a bit overblown. I, I, to
2: There's totally a whole dark. lot that's overblown. Like, I remember when uh, when Beauty and the Beast <laughs> came out and there was a huge hubbub about uh, uproar about it and it was yeah. nothing. Like, it was like... And it, two guys ended up accidentally, like, touching hands. I mean, it was like, that was it. Um, but as far as the Loki stuff goes, I'm pretty sure that's, like, accurate to mythology. Like, from what I... From, from the uproar that I heard, people like, games presented as a woman or something and it's like and I don't even know if that's that's what it was
1: well it's just a a female Loki like there because the premise of the show and I don't think I'm spoiling anything is that there's all these variants got it different people so one of those is Loki and so there's all these different variants of Loki and one of them happens to be a woman it's not that like it, it 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 did not feel like what everybody online was making it to yeah. be, but who knows? I mean, Disney is pretty woke. Yeah, it's so.
2: true. But, and so is Rick Riordan who has a book series uh, um, following the cousin of one of the Percy Jackson characters where he becomes an Asgardian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he becomes an Asgardian warrior and two of the characters in it are children of Loki One of them is, Mm -hmm. one of them Loki is her father and one of them Loki is her mother. So that was, I mean, I'm pretty sure that that's fairly on point for the Norse mythology of Loki in general. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, However, there's (laughs) another movie that I watched half of last night. Uh We we quit like right at the halfway mark because we were both falling asleep. And that was a little movie called Uh Spirit and Truth. No. Yeah. How was it? The first half has been excellent. It's uh it's really good. This is absolutely something that I know you own it and you need to watch it. Um and we and we <laughs> need know. to
1: we own both Adam Calvinists. We still have it. And
2: we need to send a copy to Justin, have him watch it. We need to do like a full blown like actual review of this movie because it's really, really, really good. Um Yeah. It's it's worth it's, awesome. it's definitely worth watching. I would love to get Les on here. Um, I, love, mm-hmm. I, left, Les yeah, if I left him a voicemail once uh, seeing if he'd be interested in coming, gave him my email address and stuff. And ever since I did that, he, he has not released an episode of his podcast since I sent that. So uh, I don't know. What, wow, so you're I'm the, the reason. I think Les just heard it. He probably listened to one episode of our podcast. Said, this is just too good. And I need to get out of the game. It's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah
1: these guys are... Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, as far as what I've been listening to, what you were alluding to earlier, was Solos. Uh, when last we talked, they were right about to release Philippians, yep. their newest album. I've listened straight through um, several times. If you are a fan of the show, you know that I rarely listen to anything very often. Like, I'll, I'll listen to a song...
2: Unless you know, it's Crown and Covenant.
1: Once or... Well, yeah, Crown and Covenant sunk to number five, actually, uh, over the past month. I know, I know. Uh, but Contus, uh, they're a singing group. I must have listened to, like, one album of theirs in the background or something, because it's way up there. Citizens, though, uh, listening to them uh, quite a bit. And then Ola W. Jansen who uh right. Brad, I know you're out there, and you're a big fan, and I'm a big fan, and I continue to be a big fan. So, I mean, he's great. Then Crown and Covenant. Then there is this other. It's this like a husband-wife duo called Drakeford? Have you heard of these people? Nope. They're they they have some good songs, and then they're situated around a lot of not-so-great ones. Uh so uh, Creation to Salvation is a song I'm thinking of here by Drakeford that I thought was really good. It it's like half spoken word type stuff, half musical. It, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, it's on a album that came out in 2018, and that was called The Venture. Uh, but so maybe a little bit out of date, but I thought it was I thought it was pretty good to tell you the truth, um, and. It reminded me of, okay, this is a very little-known artist, Russ Lee, from back around the the turn-of-the-century time frame, a little little before. And he had a song, his most popular song was called I Smile, which you may have heard if you're familiar with the CCM bubble uh, as we are. Uh, But he had another song called... Wake up, or something like that, and that's what this creation to salvation song reminded me of. I expect no one in our audience to know <laughs> who Russ Lee is. Uh, do you know by any slim
2: chance? Like, have you heard um, the name? I very let me see when that like, album I very up. likely have heard that song, I Smile. Like, that sounds familiar. I, I smile, as yeah, absolutely. I've heard that one, yeah, I smile when I think about. Way you turn my life around. Right.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That was his popular. Yeah, one.
2: I used to uh, oh when yeah. it, like around that time uh music samplers became a really, really popular thing mm-hmm. in, in CCM. And uh and I would and I yep. would collect them and I would he was on, he on a was lot on of those. those. Mm-hmm. Uh Reliant K and Switchfoot mm-hmm. run a lot of those as well. Yep. Um uh Zoe Girl, they were run a lot of those.
1: Yeah. Melissa Childers for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because my brother and I made our own mixtape of a lot of songs like that that we really liked, and just tried to put them on one album. We just called it the comp disc because it was like the
2: completion disc. Yeah. Some songs that we liked. uh, Do you remember Pax Two Seventeen or John Rubin? Yes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. That was those were the days. Yeah, I remember. I remember (laughs)
2: wondering like, what in the world does Pax Two Seventeen mean? I remember like thinking about that and way later i was like they even they mentioned it in even one of their songs the 17th day of the second month was when the floodgates opened up that's 217
1: oh okay. so it's a, it's
2: a noah it's a noah well, reference there you go yeah. i don't know why they um, use i don't know why they decided to use the word pax which means peace to demonstrate god's wrath uh upon man but <laughs> but they did
1: but they did who knew yeah. Um, the song that I was thinking of by Russell though is just called simply called Sleep and um, it was the, just this like kind of you know like rappy kind of song but not quite and I don't know it was fun and he just talked about sleep no I never get enough. oh yeah always waking up tired yes I know that one yeah you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah okay yep. I love that song it was so great uh, well, anyway, that's what this Drakeford song reminded okay. me of. Uh, creation, creation to Salvation. Anyway, check it out. We'll drop a link to it in the show notes. So really, that's what I've been listening to. We'll drop some links in the show notes, but pretty good stuff.
2: Yeah. So our topic tonight, we are continuing the discussion of Mars Hill Music. Uh, we are uh, focusing on the album... The Good King by the band Ghost Ship came out, in, yeah. came out in 2013. So just kind of gonna I'm gonna read through the track list really quick before we get into the, the nitty-gritty. So track one is called Mediator. Uh we're gonna be going over that one tonight. Track two is called Orion, like the constellation. Uh we'll be going through that one as well. Track three is called Lion Man. Now we may circle back to this one in a future episode this one had a i believe they misspoke and they said something that was not exactly orthodox but i don't think they did it on purpose um so we're gonna skip that one tonight so they were evangelical about maybe No, I forget what it was. They, it was like they, the tense that they were using. Like they would say, it was like, would you climb up on that cross? And, and it should have been, uh, instead of the, the future tense, it should have used past tense. Uh, and I get what they were trying to do. It, it kind of sounded cool, but I think they accidentally said something about Jesus sacrificing himself over and over again, which is kind of condemned in the Bible to believe that.
1: Yeah. He rose. He was, he died once for once
2: sins. and for all. Uh, so yeah, he died once and for all and therefore he doesn't need to get up on the cross time and time again. So I don't think that they meant to say anything wrong. I think it was just a misspeaking, but we may circle back to that song. I did want to just point out that of all of the songs that we have listened to on these albums, I think that one was the most questionable. Um, Track four is called Jude Doxology, and it focuses on the last couple of verses of the book of Jude, which are some of the most beautifully written verses in the entire Bible. Uh, Next track is called Son of David. Uh, That one's a good one. We're going to do that one tonight as well. Um, The one after that is called The Truth, and we're not reviewing that one tonight for no particular reason other than we wanted to only do six songs, and that one I just... I didn't like it as well as some of the other ones. So <laughs> it's a good song, but I had to cut one and that's the one I choose. I chose to cut. Uh, the next track is Holy, Holy, Holy. So old hymn. So we're not going to go over that one tonight because they didn't write it. Uh, the one after that is called the gospel, uh, which is a good song. We're going to do that one tonight. The next one is behold the lamb of God. Again, we're going to do that one tonight. Uh the next track is Where Were You? We talked briefly about that one a couple episodes ago. We will do this one in, a, in the future episode, uh, not, not episode 46, but episode 47. I think we'll be doing that one. And then the last track on the album is What a Friend We Have in Jesus, which again is an old hymn and they didn't write that one. So we will, uh, will forgo that one. Yeah, so this song was, uh, so the lead singer, or I guess the, I assume he's a lead singer, the chief songwriter for a Ghost Ship mm-hmm. is Cam Huxford IV. He is that uses, a real name? It feels a little ostentatious. It, well, tell that to his great-grandfather. <laughs> I guess technically his great-great-grandfather, because his great-great-grandfather would have named his great-grandfather. It's probably Cameron, I would think, but Cam Huxford IV. So yeah, so let's just read through it, and then we'll dive in. He takes our place and stands in front of God on high. He speaks on our behalf since we don't have the right. He pleads before the God who judges hearts of men. Our mediator served the sentence for our sin. There is only one God. There is only one mediator standing between God and man. He's the only way to salvation. That was verse one in the chorus. Verse two, uh, he found the captives broke the bondage of our chains. Uh, unfortunately, Justin is not here to hear that line.
0: It is the ghost of post-production, Justin, here to say that I noticed the chain-breaking line.
2: We have redemption through the price that he has paid. He gave his life to purchase freedom from the fall. Our mediator was the ransom for us all. Goes back to the chorus. The bridge is the man, Jesus Christ, who gave us his life. The man, Jesus Christ, the last sacrifice, the eternal son. And then it kind of echoes. He was, he is, he is to come. Messiah has come. Then again, he was, he is, he is to come. The true son of man. He was, he is now on his throne the atonement lamb and it goes back into the chorus. Um, Some of those lines sound eerily familiar to some direct quotes from scripture. Don't you think? Yeah,
1: a little bit. I mean, he takes her place and stands in front of God on high. Um, I wonder he found
2: the captives broke the bonds bondage of our chains. I'm, I'm mostly thinking about the chorus and the bridge Um, there's only one God. There's so, uh, yeah. So first First Timothy two five. Yeah. First Timothy two five says for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that's clearly the, the major passage that is being referenced here is, is uh, first Timothy two five. Um, so what we have here in this song is um, it's less a praise song, and it is more a theological um, just concepts. So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's teaching theology through song, which I think is really edifying. Uh, you know, it's it's teaching the church. You know, he takes the place and stands in front of God on high speaks on our behalf since we don't have the right. He pleads before the God who judges hearts of men. And that last line, our mediator served the sentence for our sin. I, I love that. Like it's not only is he there, you know, advocating for us, but he also served the sentence for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he found the captives, broke the bondage of our chains. We have redemption through the price he has paid. He gave his life to purchase freedom from the fall. Our mediator was the ransom for us all. Um, it's just straight up biblical truth. Um, told very well. The The music is very simple. Like this is a very simple song. Um, it's almost like a yeah. kid song.
1: Yeah, it sounds very much like a campy sort of yeah. song you'd sing around like with a campfire or something.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I would say it's, it's almost like it's a, a children's song. Like uh, it's, it's one that I would teach my children to sing. Very easy to pick up. Teaches some really standard uh, truths that are really foundational. It's it's just a really good song.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, The Our meteor was to ransom for us all. Yeah, but who is to ransom paid to? Uh, That, it doesn't answer. I I really kind of wish it would. I mean, it's talking about atonement but the ransom is paid not to the devil some will say uh say that like that the yeah. devil own you know but no um the ransom was paid to god <laughs> yeah for for us i mean jesus went to the, uh to the cross for us to cover our sins yes but to pay the debt that we owed to god it wasn't sure you know
2: yeah, I would, I would argue that, especially like given the context of verse one in the chorus, which came before that line, you know, he pleads before the God who judges hearts of men and also standing between God and man. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the song did an adequate establishing of, of who Jesus is mediating. He's mediating between us and God. And so if he paid the ransom and he's paying it to God, like I, I, I feel like it's adequate Um would it be nice to have every single little semi questionable line exposited exactly yes that that would be nice but it's also makes for difficult poetry
1: i suppose i was just hoping that they would cuz it's easy because y'all have read the line the witch in the wardrobe and in there it very much posits ransom theory which is that Jesus was given as a sacrifice to the devil. Um which I believe C.S. Lewis believed. I mean he wrote it in there. But
2: He believed a uh, lot Gregor of things.
1: Nyssa, yeah, Gregory he he believed a lot of weird things. But anyway, Gregory of Nyssa was the one who really like started that that theory, I guess. Or outlined it in in some way. But then yeah, Aslan in the line the witch in the wardrobe, it was offered to the white witch, uh, you know, in payment for Ed, um, Edward's sins, right? Yeah. And in response to that, I just, you know, really, Christ offered the ransom to God.
2: Yeah. And just to be clear. Yeah, we, we owed God our lives. And yeah. Right. That is a, that is a good point. Uh, it is something that we need to make sure that we get right I, the way, when I'm, when I look at songs, like if that line had come early on in the song, I, I would find it to be more, more questionable. But since it comes at the very end of verse two, after we've already established certain, uh, certain things, I, I, I think it works. But
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: um, it is, it is still a good, a good point. And it's something that we should, uh, that we as a, as a church should probably talk about a little bit more because I haven't heard a lot of those before. I mean, you're right about, about language and word I just hadn't thought of it like that before.
1: That's okay, yeah. Um, so, Joel Beakey had a quote in his um, book where uh, the Reformed Systematic Theology, where he said, Christ offered the ransom to God. Redemption from sin brings forgiveness from God uh he references psalm one thirty verses three and four and seven and eight isaiah forty four twenty two uh by offering of Christ's sacrificial blood to him uh again ephesians one seven 1, one fourteen um, but you're right yeah I, w- I would love for our churches to definitely delve into that um a little more anyway all right that's the only that's the only thing that just caused me to go you know uh
2: you know, one of those but yeah
1: otherwise yeah it's a great song
2: yeah um so the next song on the list is called orion and this one was written all of these were written by cam huxford Um, uh, but this one this one I'll, had another one. this one had a co-writer of dustin kendrew and having read that i can totally see that after listening to this song whereas uh mediator is really campy and simple this one, this one goes a little bit deeper and a little bit darker. Um, uh, so, verse one it says, "I ask God, what have you done? Everything I love is gone. Why must I endure this pain? Won't you come and save me? Tell me you are listening. Do you hear my shouted pleas? Will you answer me this day? Won't you come and save me?" The pre-chorus says. I was answered by my Lord. Can you bind Orion's form or guide his path? I looked up and answered, no, but you can. So I will hope in your strong hands. And the chorus says, the hands that hold the stars above will never let me go. The one who holds the heavens up, in him I put my hope. Yet who am I that you should love and bind me and bind in your embrace? What God is this who holds the stars and guides me in his grace? Verse two says, I look at the deep dark sky, mighty throne of the most high. I'm aware of my true place. Won't you come and save me? Still, I know that you are near, speaking comfort in my ear. God, I long to see your face. Won't you come and save me? And then uh, kind of an, as an outro, it says, you bind me to your ways and guide me in your grace. You never let me go. The grip of God will hold. So yeah, this one, the as I mentioned, off. oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say the music on this one is a lot more just mm-hmm. like straightforward too like it's not it's not like a fun little melody like mediator. It's yeah. way more straightforward it's a, it seems to focus more on the the words in this one than the other uh than the, your other pieces on this anyway. yeah, I thought that was it. interesting.
2: And the instrumentals on this one are a lot more dark, like a lot more minor undertones. Yeah. Uh, a lot more distortion on the guitar uh still feels very um twangy mm-hmm. is that is that a, is that the, the official word for I, it
1: i would say that it sounds like it was written for uh people who like to dress like they cut wood but they live in the city and they probably have beards and uh drink ironic coffee
2: so you're saying and- the general seattle in
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just getting that vibe for some reason. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um so this one, um this one does not have any direct quotes from scripture, not not at least any as obvious as the last song. Um but uh I definitely feel like this one is uh referencing Job. Um as as we'll mention in a couple episodes, uh Where Were You directly quotes Job, whereas this one feels like it is referencing Job. Um, it it kind of almost feels like he had a couple ideas uh, mm-hmm. that Cam had a couple different ideas and wrote a couple songs off of the same idea. Uh, he mm-hmm. om- he. There's another song later that we'll review tonight that also kind of touches on the same concept of, of holding the stars. Um, but it's a it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting. I I really like the song. It's, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Um, one of my favorite lines, I think is, uh, you know, can you bind Orion's form or guide his path? Orion was the hunter. Like that's kind of who he is. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so I, I like that idea of not just the stars, but even like this mythology, you know, can you guide Orion's path? Um, i thought that that line was really clever uh the poetry in this song is significantly more interesting than in mediator uh they do a lot of like there's three words that rhyme or um let's see i think um i think it's like it's like an a a b c c b almost in a lot of these. Uh, so a lot more like
1: strong structure kind of thing yeah
2: like they're paying really close attention to to their rhymes and their word choices Like verse 2 is like sky high and then uh, place and then you have near ear and then face so Mm. it's like an Mm. an AABCCB Uh, verse 1 done gone pain Uh, let's see listening Please. please, and then day. So, listening and please mm. is not a really strong rhyme, but um, and then day and pain—it's it's stronger in verse two. But it's it's kind of what they're going for, like A A B C C B, which is an interesting rhyme scheme. I don't see that one very often. Um, a lot of repeated lines, like the uh, "Won't you come and save me?" being at the end of, or being like the fourth line of every verse.
1: Yeah, what do you make of that? Um, I mean, because won't you come and save me? Um, I'm just, I'm trying to figure that out. Like, it, it feels like I can see after you said it, like where he's maybe referencing Job, and where you yeah. have kind of like this. I looked up and answered no, like where the Lord he, he's imagining asked him a question uh, that yeah. similar to the ones he asked Job, but then. I wonder if this is something fairly personal too. Like this felt like a yeah, personal prayer.
2: It does. It does. It definitely feels like a personal prayer. And and when I when I hear the word save, I think the word save can mean two different things. It can mean right. justification, but it can also mean um, you know a very temporary pain. Like, won't you yeah. come in and rescue me from this situation that I'm in? right uh, and, which i think is fine which is which you know if i'm dealing with I'm gonna, cancer i'm going right to pray now. for I'm... it yeah, yeah i mean it's it, we are definitely you know commanded to pray for for those things and so i, I think that's what he's like this won't you come and save me i don't think it's justification i think it is a temporal um personal pain that he's going through uh, and so as such i would not classify this as like a type 1 song Uh, This is definitely more of a type two song, maybe a personal type one, but it's not congregational, not meant to be congregational.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Um, You bind me to your ways and guide me in your grace. You never let me go. The grip of God will hold grip of God. That sounds like a very familiar line in other songs. I don't know if they're by ghost ship, though. Um, yeah, I, I think the that grip whole of, idea.
2: yeah, grip of God just makes you think perseverance of the saints. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, you bind me in your ways, I think is even referring earlier to the song is, can you bind Orion's form? You're using that word, wor- mm. like reusing that word bind, I think is, um, is intentional there. Um, There's a lot of strong language uh, in this song, like endure, um, Mm -hmm. bind, uh, you know, just uh, like the, let's see. He uses the word holds several times in the chorus as well. I was just noticing, you know, just there's a lot of, Uh, Grip of God, you know, there's different, there's a lot of just really, you know, strong sounding language. Whereas like Mediator was, again, it was a lot more campy. Uh, The the two songs are very, very different songs. For sure.
1: Uh, This one, uh, he also says, and bind in your embrace too. So there's another one of those for the word count. Um, Yeah. Yeah you walk away. What is this song about? It's he's, to, he's asking yeah. God, what have you done? It's almost like, it sounds like a, a classic problem of evil type song. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, like, yeah. Hey, why it, are things so bad?
2: It definitely kind of follow, definitely follows a song model for, uh, for lament. Um, You know, it's, I am, I am calling out to you in my pain, I am requesting, um, you know, I, I'm petitioning my, my, my case to you, Lord, mm-hmm. won't, you, won't you come and save me? But then he's also acknowledging, you know, I'm aware of my true place. Um, you know, still, I know that you are near, but God, I long to see your face. Um, God, I, like the, and, and I'm going to be careful here. This, anytime I see something about, you know, wanting to see the face of God, uh, that's it's a very um, interesting line, uh, and it can go one of two ways. Um, it can refer to Moses, or it can refer to um, this really super modern, lovey-dovey, just as my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> like, those very polar opposites. And the mm-hmm. reason I say I want to be very careful is I use this line in one of my songs, Um And one of my songs, I talk about seeing the face of God and and I Mm -hmm. intentionally use it to refer to Moses um, because Moses was God told Moses he could ask for anything at all in the world, anything. And he'd give it to him. And the one thing he wanted to do was to see the face of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I think that to me, that symbolizes the deepest level of worship, whereas the most of the time that you hear it, you hear it as like this oh jesus you're so beautiful! I want to see your face and it's just terrible uh, so anyway. there's two
1: different ways i mean there's there's different ways where you can yeah both take a particular song but also what you kind of mean by that particular line and things like that is that yeah the,
2: those are the those are the two ways that've i 've seen that line play out um, and uh-huh. it almost and it's and it's not evenly distributed. But in this particular case, I don't necessarily get like a directly referring to Moses vibe out of it. But I don't get a Jesus is my boyfriend vibe either. So I would think that it's, it's more about um, a deeper intimacy and, uh, and a deeper worship than just merely wanting to get the feels on.
1: I want to get my feels on. Yeah, that was a bad rendition of that Mandisa song, anyway. Gonna get more worship, worship on, yeah, 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 <laughs>
2: classic, classic. All right, so that well, no, wasn't Mandisa, that was uh, that was Jamie Grace.
1: Oh, that's right, Jamie Grace, which is basically that's the same person, yeah, episode something,
2: yeah, basically the same person, anyway. The next song. It's called Jude Doxology, which is named after the last two verses in the book of Jude and uh, which is commonly referred to as the doxology of Jude. So Jude Doxology uh, by Cam Huxford, IV. Remember, Jesus brought you out of Egypt. Remember, he has sought you as his people. Remember, he has saved you from your sin. Remember, remember him. Verse two. Remember, Jesus brought you through the Red Sea. Remember, mighty miracles that you have seen. Remember, you were slaves and now are free. Remember that he is king. The chorus, to the only God, our savior, Jesus Christ, be glory, honor, power, and dominion before all time and now and evermore. Verse three, remember, Jesus reigns above the heavens. He's coming he is coming with his kingdom. Do not forget, he is seated on the throne. Remember what he has done. And it goes back to the chorus. And then it repeats that last line like eight million times. Uh, <laughs> it's a r- and it never says amen. I just want it to, I want the song to end with just a, oh,
0: amen.
1: They had they had the chance.
2: They did. Because and the, the instrumental went. because the instrumental postlude to this song. I last time that I listened to this with my kids, they, they literally said, Finally. <laughs> 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 because they hit that organ and they land on that organ and they hold it for like fifteen seconds. Um and they had time. They had time for a fourfold amen. And they It is a missed opportunity. They blew it. Because Um, the the reason why I say this is because the last two verses, I'm going to pull this up. Yeah. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. And then verse 25 is what we're referencing. To the only God, our savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Oh, amen. Yeah. That was that was it, on my, it my biggest complaint. Second.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> my biggest complaint with this song is that it doesn't say Amen at the end. That's uh
1: <laughs> Well, yeah. compare that to Solos, uh, who yes. also has they they call theirs the keeper. Um yes. and it's a good one.
2: But it is. I
1: highly
2: it. Um, one of the things that this song has Is Mm -hmm. that it? It it refers to a lot of the book of Exodus, which is Mm -hmm. referred to very frequently throughout all of scripture. And, Mm -hmm. um, and they it's mentioned in Jude, uh, like verse five, it says, I want to remind you, although you you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt after destroyed those who did not believe. Um, a lot of this language, a lot of the, like especially verse one, verse two, it feels a lot more like other passages in the Bible than Jude verse five. Um, it's referring to Jude verse five, but I feel like, I feel like this is two songs in one. So this is probably my, my my biggest complaint is that it's, it's juxtaposing something Uh, from the Psalms with a portion in Jude where there is a lot from Jude that they could have pulled from and it would have been a little bit better. Not saying this is a bad song, not saying it's not even properly exegeted or anything like that, but it feels like they could have used uh, like Psalm 78 uh, is...
1: That's what it is. I was trying to think of which one. I thought it was Psalm 71.
2: Yeah, Psalm seventy-eight as well as Psalm one thirty-six. Both of those are major uh, history psalms. They 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 Mm -hmm. they retell the entirety of of the the Exodus story in both of those psalms. Uh, And so it feels like it's kind of trying to juxtapose Psalm seventy-eight with Jude, uh, even though it does say, you know, I want to remind you that Jesus brought you out of Egypt. Like that is like directly quoting Jude. Uh, Then it, it just kind of veers off into some other parts of the Bible, which is not a bad thing. And I'm not, I'm not complaining about that because this is really good. Uh, I like this song a lot. It just feels like if I'm going to do a song on Jude, I want to do a song on Jude. The whole thing. <laughs> no, you do. You, you need an album to do that.
1: Oh, Solos already made one and it's really good.
2: It is. It is really good.
1: I still can't. Thank decide. You I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, Philippians is better, or not yet? I don't know. I haven't made my decision, but I really like Jude the album a lot. Um, and they do have a fourfold all men at the end. I just
2: <laughs> um, there are aspects of Jude the are the, uh, There are there are aspects of the album Jude that I really liked, but uh, ultimately I. I consider it more of an art than an entertainment. And I typically listen to music to be entertained. You know, sue me. Um, Well, I, that's the difference. Then I felt that Philippians was equal parts art and entertainment equal parts. Um, I felt you could say, uh, yes. And so, uh, (laughs) so I liked it better than Jude. it's, I, I still like Hebrews. Hebrews just had the better mm-hmm. payoff. He, the The payoff in Hebrews was so good. It's it's like yes, I dedicated an hour and a half of my life to this, and it was mm-hmm. worth it. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're not talking about that tonight. <laughs> we're, not, we're not. We're not talking about that. No. Um. We will discuss so solos. We, w- we will. We yeah, will. We will. Quite often. So yeah, doxology I I like the song. Ultimately, I like the song. I think it works. And I don't think it's confusing. I don't think it's, uh, I I don't think that it's misrepresenting the book of Jude or the Psalms or anything. And and am I really, am I really complaining that he's referring to some stuff that's in the Psalms? No, I'm not. This is a really good song. Um, I just, uh, if I, I, I feel like he could have written two songs He could have used these verses with a different chorus and he could have come up with different verses for the chorus. And I think they they might have been better, but this is still really good. So that's, you know, this skimming the bottom of the barrel to try to find something negative to say, you know.
1: But yeah, I mean it it does do a great job of scripture. It does a with our really only complaints are, I mean, just the amen thing. Yeah. And so, um, Son of David, yes. Mercy on me. We sing this at our church a lot.
2: Oh, nice! It's a good song. This is this is a really yeah. good one. So, Son of David by Cam Huxford IV and <laughs> Shay and Shay Carlucci, who I I don't know anything else that Shay Carlucci has written. Um, probably a member of the band is what I'm guessing. Um. Most likely, a former member of the Marshall Church. Um, so this song, it, it starts with the pre-chorus, so it's, uh, it says, "The blind won't gain their sight by opening their eyes." And then it goes into verse one, "A king is coming to the city, and crowds around are following. "If I could see, I would follow too." He heals the sick with his hands. As he walks by, they reach for him. If I could see, I would reach out too. It goes back to the pre-chorus. The blind won't gain their sight by opening their eyes. In the chorus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, I want to see. Son of David, have mercy. Verse two says, I cannot leave this gate since I cannot see my way, but I can stand and call his name no, I could never leave this gate, but I will stand and shout his name and I will count on his grace. And then in the bridge, it says, I was blind, now I see Jesus saved me. And it says that a few times. Um, So again, this song is directly quoting from scripture. Yay, scripture. Cam Huxford (laughs) likes to quote scripture in his songs and that is a very good thing. Um, so this one is from Luke 18. And yes. I'm, I'm just going to read this passage really quick. It says, uh, and as he, Jesus drew near to, Jer- to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of, Naz- of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. When he came near, he asked him, "Uh, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him glorifying God. And All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God
1: yeah so he's almost like telling the story from this guy's perspective, yeah, is what it sounds like, right
2: yes, and the poetic word for it is persona um
1: oh,
2: so pers- yes, persona is the is uh is a type of poetry where you take on uh another mm. person or another persona if you will, and so yeah. so cam is taking on the persona of the the blind um the blind man from jericho and uh, but
1: then it starts with like this observation at, yeah. at first like it which is outside that persona
2: yes yeah the blind won't gain their sight by opening their eyes so it's it's basically and, and one of the things i like about this it's a very calvinistic statement um you know it's not by our works where we can gain our sight we it, it's it's implying someone else needs to act upon it someone else's actions can recover my Mm -hmm. sight but i cannot recover my own just by opening my eyes so um yeah so the the verses of the song especially um it's just a it's, it's a really creative retelling of this portion from luke 18 the the poetry is really good uh verse two the build is really good like he he does like the I don't think it's a full octave jump, but it's like this. He goes up instead of down uh, when he does like the repeating line. Because um, it's, you know, I cannot leave this gate since I cannot see my way. Um, but I can stand and call his name. And then it kind of goes up. But, uh, but I could never leave this gate. But I will stand and shout his name and I will count on his grace. It um, kind of belts it going into that chorus. And uh, one thing I want to mention about the chorus, and this is one of those songwriting uh, tools, he mm-hmm. has three. He has three lines of equal length, and then the fourth line is shorter. Um, and when you do that, you're going to bring strong emphasis to that last line. It catches the eye, or it catches the ear, rather. Uh, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, I want to see. Son of David, have mercy. Um, it creates something called imbalance. Uh, and that imbalance oftentimes is going to be used um, in a more unsettling sort of way. Whereas in this way, it's, it's very final. Like it's, it's, uh, it's just drawing like a finality to the line. Uh, those mm-hmm. are the kind of two ways that, that you typically will use that sort of imbalance. Um, so it just kind of draws it to a close. Um, I think it sounds really cool. I don't know if it was the best tool to use in the moment because I, I don't think the prosody was there. But. Um, <laughs> well,
1: it's just so repeated with Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Then he changes it to Son of David, I want to see. Son of David, have mercy yeah um which is it feels more repetitive than like I get what you're saying with the the oh yeah, the imbalance and all that, and that's really cool, but it would have been even cooler it seems like to me if there were three separate statements and then a fourth statement that was yeah uh, you know that created that imbalance <coughs> with an, a, a, maybe even a a paradoxical or something like that, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Um, the repeating of the line, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. I think is in a ref- is referencing the scripture where he says it twice. Mm.
1: Um, okay. All right. Maybe it's, I'm yeah. not a professional here, folks.
2: Oh no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. But, but then even, even, then in the course, it does say it three times, but um, it's, I don't know. I, I don't think it's bad. Like I don't, I don't even think that it feels like the prosody is off. Uh, that's a really, really super technical thing that I noticed. Um, so I'm just saying it. So I sound smart.
1: Well, Brian, you are smart. (laughs) Thank you. you Thank you. Continue to prove it.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I I think it works. And I think that the, what happens is it kind of has that finality. Um, and then when it goes to the bridge, um, I like that. I was blind. Now I see Jesus saved me. Um, which makes us think um, of well, amazing grace. Yes. Uh, and I was going to say that. And it makes us think of, of other passages in scripture mm-hmm. as well. And so it's just, it kind of ties it all together. It's, this is a nice song. It's, it's, I would say this one falls in between, um, in between Orion and mediator Uh, kind of, it's not, Completely campy, but it's not really dark and, and moody either. Uh, it's kind of right in between the two. Um, the The poetry's yeah. really the poetry's nice. Uh, it's it's a it's a nice retelling of of the scripture. Um, you did a good job. I like this one. I, I like all these ones that we're going over tonight. I mean, let's just be honest.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you picked them, so I, I would did. Hope so, and you I even did. stated when you were going over which ones we picked that I didn't like this one, so I left it off. Yeah. So we do have two more: the gospel and behold the Lamb of God. So the gospel, do you just want me to read through it real quick? Is by Cam Huxford the fourth and Brian Eichelberger. Who do you know him or the name so, does sound somewhat familiar, but I don't know, know why.
2: Yeah, he is the lead singer of the Sing Team. He's also a oh, member of go. of the band Citizens and Saints. And he basically writes all of the music for Mars Hill. That's that's where you remember him from.
1: Oh, that's right. Our other episodes where we talked about him.
2: Yes, the other Brian <laughs> E. That, the other Brian e That's not me.
1: Yeah. Well, you're Brian J. So. It's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this one is uh, verse one. This is the word, the gospel truth in which we stand. The perfect life, the living death of just one man.
2: The saving Uh, death.
1: What? What did I
2: say? Okay. You said the (laughs) living death.
1: (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) I'm really tired, folks. Uh, Just to let you know. Uh, I will read better now. Pre-chorus. Oh, oh, look what God has done. Oh, oh, through his son. A chorus is Christ died for our sins, met death in his grave, then rose to life again. By this we are saved by this we are saved verse 2 goes so jesus death has conquered death and killed our sin and jesus life has brought us life we live in him bridge this is good news the father shows us grace this is the truth the spirit gives us faith jesus is king and by this we are saved by this by we this are saved.
2: we are saved, <laughs> saved.
1: I think we sing this one in church too. Uh, it sounds kind of familiar. But um, I like the shout out to the as yet unwritten at that time uh, song, Jesus is King, the album by Kanye West. So that was really a nice kind of a shout yeah. out in this song.
2: Because because Kanye invented those three words to go in that exact order. Yeah it wasn't in it wasn't in philippians because if it had been in philippians then Solos would have written three songs on it probably (laughs) we love you Solos.
1: we
2: We do do. yeah so uh anyway
1: so we we have a kind of a return right i mean yes
2: yes return to to the the camp
1: to the camp yes
2: and yes, this one is. You know it
1: reminds me of? The, these two songs, uh, The Gospel and Mediator reminds do me they of Rend like Collective. Okay, or Something like that. Do you do you see it?
2: I do. Uh, what it reminds okay. me of, what it reminds me of, there is a song on a children's album put out by Sovereign Grace. The album is called mm. what it's called, Theology. And, oh, yeah. and it's like I think the first song on the album. Um, let me pull that up it's uh, a the first song the, is called it's, no it's not even that one. it's the the second song uh, just oh, the way just God the wanted way. us to be yeah it's like you listen to that song you're like holy crap it's like the same instrumentals oh my word, oh my word. sorry what, yeah, what did I say no I just
1: turned it on like <laughs> it is very it's almost it seems very identical.
2: <laughs> it does. It's. It seems very identical. Um. It's. It's really interesting. We'll. We'll put. We'll post a link. Uh,
1: yeah, I will. I will do that right now. Actually, because this is. It's uncanny.
2: It is. It is uncanny how, how much these these sound the same. I actually. I thought about looking it up to see if Cam Oxford uh, was a writer on that song, <laughs> but. <laughs> Was but he? <laughs> I don't. I don't think he was. I didn't look it up though. Um, maybe they're influenced by each other. Maybe so. But that, I think that's one of the reasons why I think that this song, the gospel, as well as Mediator, uh, seem almost like kid songs. Mm. It's probably because of that album. But both of them do feel like kid songs. But they are, and they're also again. This one's not a praise song. This one is a doctrine song. It's an edifying the church, laying down the some foundational. Uh, points of theology. Um, mm-hmm. The bridge. I want to point this out. Um, focuses on the Trinity. The Father shows us grace. The Spirit gives us faith. Jesus is King, and by this we are saved. So we have um, we we have the, the the Trinity working in in unison together in the bridge. Uh, that is something that, for whatever reason, we don't have enough songs about. Uh, people just mm. shy they shy away from it but it's one of the biggest doctrines that we have. And uh, we don't talk about it ever where we, or when we do, we talk about it wrong. Um, so there's that. Um, so does the song accurately portray the gospel? There is a big question. Uh, this is the word, the gospel truth in which we stand, the perfect life, the saving death of just one man. Uh, and then Jesus died for our sins, met death in his grave, then rose to life again. By this we are saved. So what are the essential points of the gospel that we must have in order for it to be the gospel?
1: Well, you need sin, salvation. Mm-hmm. We have a mediator. We have the one man, Jesus Christ, First Timothy 2.5. You need to know... Obviously about sin, but then yeah. What, what the atonement, you need the atonement, something in there yeah. about that.
2: Yeah. And so I would say like the, the, biggest things that you need in order to have the full gospel presentation, um, you need to have the why behind the gospel. Like why mm-hmm. do we need the gospel? And that's sin. Um, and uh, we don't have a perfect definition of what sin is and why sin is bad we don't have that here so that's something that could have been better uh we do have christ died for sins yeah uh we we have that death is very is highlighted throughout the saving death of just one man met death in his grave so we Mm -hmm. definitely have uh you know christ died for his sins and, and in so he was that was the saving death of just one man um so we we do have the significance of, of sin tied to death, but it could have been exposited a little bit better. But even uh,
1: mentioned sin as sin multiple times it too. It
2: which does. Is which is good, no which is which is better than a lot of songs. Um uh we have the perfect life, that would be the mm-hmm. the active obedience, and the saving death, which would be the passive obedience. Um so we we do have the fulfillment of the law, which would be the perfect life. You can't have Mm -hmm. a perfect life without fulfilling the law. Could it have exposed a little bit more? It could have, but it's, it's there. So we do have, uh, we have sin mentioned. We have the perfect life. We have the saving death. Um, we, uh, have the resurrection and, um, yeah. So it's, it's there. So Jesus death has conquered death and killed our sin. Jesus' life has brought us life. We live with Him. Um, it's it's all there, but it is very, very surface level. So this would be like a song that you would use. I for would say children. At, for children, absolutely for children, <laughs> as as a, as a way to uh, to lay the foundation of of okay. It's so now that we know the song, we can refer back to this song for almost like headers, and let's hmm. dive deep. So this would be this would be a song that you could use almost as like a theme song for, um, like a Sunday school, Bible school, for a vacation Mm -hmm. Bible school to then dig deeper to be able to use it to dig deeper into the different points. It in and of itself, I don't think is enough. It's really solid. It's really good, but it it needs more.
1: Yeah, I I was thinking as you were talking, like, what if we translated this into most modern CCM songs? You know, where it would say (laughs) something like. Christ died for our darkness,
2: uh, <laughs> met death
1: in <and, laughs> actually I probably wouldn't say that met, Christ met fear. died. Yeah,
2: yeah, Christ, yeah, Christ died for yeah. our fear. <laughs> met met darkness in the grave.
1: <laughs> oh my
2: word, that's terrible.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad that they had the chutzpah or something, you know, to actually say yeah. sin in a song because uh, too few people do that. This was, I mean, Mark, Mark Driscoll, uh, if we know anything about him, he is not shy of confrontation. And so a confrontational type song, like that mentions things that are hard to hear, like sin and um, requiring the death of God um, in order to make us right with God are things that they can absolutely, I don't want to say get away with because that's sad that we would have to say that. Yeah, it is. Um, But all I mean is like that. They're able to boldly state the truth um, without too much, you know, fear of appraisal.
2: Yeah. And, and as, as you're saying that, I was was thinking that exact thing of, I think that his boldness to say Mm. whatever was on his mind gave them Mm -hmm. the boldness to speak the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, someone who who needs the ratings in order mm. to get the to, to attain the platform isn't going to offend the raters. Um, and so he gave them a platform of boldness because he needed he wanted his own platform of boldness. So he created a platform of boldness. He gave mm. them the same platform of boldness. They weren't they weren't writing for the world, they were writing for Mars Hill. And I think that was also something that was good and something that should be emulated. Uh, churches should be writing their own music. I do believe that. And they should be writing it for their own church and not for the world. Um, so we need more churches writing music for their own churches. And if God chooses to bless that, uh, then God chooses to bless that. But but the ministries being blessed, uh, air quotes, um, are not always indicative of the Lord being the one who is blessing. So that is something to, They're out there as well.
1: Yeah, that's a good reminder, really, for uh, Marcel in general. Uh, Just because it's successful doesn't mean it's godly.
2: Yeah. Um, Anyway. Or, you know, Bethel. Yeah. Or Bethel. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know. Uh, How long can they get away with stuff like that? You know, you just wonder.
2: In this climate, quite a while. So we have one more song to get to tonight. That is Behold the Lamb of God. Kind of the by, anthem of the album. It is. Yeah. By Cam Oxford, the fourth. Um, so let's see. Let's just, let's just dive into it and then I'll get in Okay. That. So I've heard of you. You hung the stars. Though you hold all things, your hands are scarred. I've heard of you, how you laid the earth, but you spilled your blood into this dirt in the pre-chorus. I've heard so many things, but now I see. The chorus is, behold the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Behold the Lamb of God, now fix your eyes on him. Verse two says, I've heard of you, how you set forth time, but you walked with us, you lived and died. I've heard of you you sent a flood but you washed us clean with your own blood and then uh, the bridge says the god who's over us he is now uh, he is here with the bridge the god who's over us he is here now with us the god who, who reigns above he is the god who loves the god who is our judge is he who pleads for us the god who gave us life He is the God who died. And in verse 3 it says, I've heard of you, how you made the earth, but you drug your cross through this dirt. That's kind of the end of the song. Um, Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, once again, it has that uh, lumberjack twang Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do use that intentionally. It's not really, it's not a country southern twang. It's definitely a by the hair on my chin and my lumberjack coat. I don't know. That's yeah. what it feels like. But uh, it is kind of anthem-y. is. Which is, is nice. And that's okay. Um,
0: uh, you really so have a
1: lot of star imagery and we do. hand imagery. Grip, gripping.
2: We do. There, it, there's, a, there's a lot of lines that feel very similar to the rest of the album. Um, yeah. So, you, you, so it ties in. It definitely does. It does tie in. Um, I would say a very similar issue with this song, which is a very minor issue in the long run is similar to the Jude doxology Mm -hmm. where he has a very specific quote from scripture. And then the rest of the song doesn't really like, doesn't really fit with that quote from scripture in the context of where it was from scripture. The quote is, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. And do you remember who said that?
1: That was John the Baptist, I believe. That
2: is John the Baptist. As Jesus was coming to be baptized. Yeah, John the Presbyterian. Um, (laughs) So, he was, so he sees Jesus. He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. And that is, it signifies the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Um, so, you know, I've heard of you, how you hung the stars. They hold all things. Your hands are scarred. I like how he plays on that. Uh, it's, it's very similar to the, uh, to the good lines from resurrecting, which Mm -hmm. I talk in detail on, uh, on Justin's podcast. Um, Sweet, but we've, we've, we've talked about that before. Um, so it's, it's these nice reversals. You know, I've heard of you, how you hung the stars, you know, the power of, of, of God's hands. Uh, Though you hold all things, your hands are scarred. And so it's this, this juxtaposition of the, uh, the power of God, but also the, the love and the mercy of God uh, in, in the, the hands. Um, how you laid the earth, but you spilled your blood into this dirt. Um, and then... I'll be honest, this, this pre-chorus, I've heard so many things, but now I see, I Mm. I don't really feel like, like I'm like, he's capitalizing on that line. Like we go into (laughs) this, the chorus kind of takes us back to the baptism of Jesus. uh, Behold the lamb of God who takes away our sins. Um, I get what he's saying. You know, I've, you know, you can, you know, I've, I've heard these things, but now I see, um, But that's, it's a little bit confusing because Mm -hmm. he doesn't actually, he doesn't witness Jesus with his eyes. He witnesses him with his ears. You know, we, you know, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So he has heard. And so there's this, it's more like what he's trying to say is I've been taught so many things, but now I believe. So it's like this, he's equating these ideas of, of hearing with, this head knowledge and the seeing is this heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many things, but now I see. And I'm guessing that he's tying in the word see with the word behold, which would be a call to look. Um, Behold the lamb of God, it takes away our sin. Um, And so I would say of all of the songs that we've gone through tonight, I think this one is the weakest written song. However, it's it's weak technically what it's talking about are all really, really good things. And Mm. where other songs like resurrecting fail, this one does not. He's got this really cool poetry with these reversals where he's tying in, you know, the, the God who is the creator of all things, you know, condescended to the point of death in that. And that's really, really powerful. And we can take that for granted. And, um, where resurrecting failed was, you know, it turned the song on to me and talked about me and me and me in the chorus, and then it talked about God robbing the grave at the end, and that's kind of weird. <laughs> and and so the song doesn't, the song doesn't do that, and I'm very happy it doesn't do that. Um, if my biggest, you know, if my biggest issue with the song is that I feel like they could have use different scripture to make the point and doing so would have allowed the poetry to make more sense. That's a really, really minor complaint.
1: Yeah. Or press into the behold, the lamb of God. Uh, maybe even like other John, they do such a great job on some of their other songs, right. Of Mm -hmm. these persona type pieces where, um, they come at it from the person's perspective. They could have done that from John the Baptist's perspective. Yeah. perspective. There, I can't remember. I think it was in a later passage where John the Baptist then adds to it, saying, um, he must increase, I, so must, I must
2: decrease. decrease that, that would yeah. have been a
1: great line to it would have maybe been. put in there. Like, behold the Lamb of God, look to him, not to me. That kind of idea. Yeah. Missed opportunity.
2: But. Yeah, missed opportunity. That, that's exactly what this is. It's not. It's not badly written. There, there are just some missed opportunities. Um, I can see it. Yeah. Uh, now, now you can. <laughs> well,
1: I've heard a lot, but now I see.
2: So, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, um, you know the, the pros the pros of this song um, far outweigh the the cons of this song. And that's not... What about the poetry of this song versus the prose of that song? It's um, too late. <laughs> it is. No. Um, and, and I just wanted to... I wanted to reiterate, you know, you can say that. Like, those words I just said, you know, the pros far outweigh the cons. Uh, I could say the same thing about Reckless Love. However, the cons of that song uh, are heretical, whereas the cons of this song are just technical issues. Um, you know, this song could have been better written on a technical standpoint. Uh, it does not misuse scripture. It does not abuse scripture. Uh, it does not misquote or take anything out of context. He, he And you can maybe even argue that he is seeing a connection in scripture where I'm just not seeing it. Um, because the scripture does connect. does connect very well. And you can use scripture to... Um, you can use scripture to interpret other scripture. And so mm-hmm. I would say this is this is not isegetical in that he is trying to use the scripture to make his point. He's not doing right. that. This this would be this would still be exegetical, where he is looking at the scripture and seeing what it what it is, he is only pulling out what is actually in the scripture. He's not bending it to his will. He's doing a good job with it. And and for that I, I still say this is this is a nice song. It's it's a very um it's a good song. The bridge is, is a really, is a nice part in the song where it builds, builds, builds. And then it has, it kind of ends on the verse uh, where you drug your cross through this dirt. And it's just, again, that um, the reiteration of, you know, he made the earth and then he, he still died. I would say the line that is the most problematic is he is the God who died. Um, and this is one of those like nitpicky Trinitarian things where you can say that Christ died. Who is God? Christ is God and Christ died, but God did not die in that when Jesus died, the right. Godhead did not die. Correct. Uh, and so we just need it's died one of according those according to
1: the human uh right. flesh, rather, yeah.
2: And so Jesus, who is God died. Um, it makes but, a mess of
1: the hypostatic union.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, like you need to be careful when you say that God died. Cause God did not die. Um, but you can say that God condescended to the point of death, um, mm. which is a, which is what he's trying to say. You know, it's, it's just that reversal. God, you know, Jesus is God and Jesus died. Mm. Um, and and so it's it's that that's probably the the most problematic line in the the song, but not the most problematic line in the album.
1: (laughs) For that, we turn to Lion Man, which we described earlier.
2: Yes, yeah, and Lion Man as well is musically the most different of all the songs. Is a like I think the way that. Justin pointed is I mean that's one weird little song. of is <laughs> the way he 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 put it I'll I'll have to let him um weird indeed. Yeah, it's it's a funky little it's a funky little number for sure. Um would you climb up on that tree? I think it was, was the line. Um he did climb on the tree. I I don't want him to do it again. But right. Um just another reminder that we can all misspeak and we all need to make sure because even our own, even our our careless words will be held against us. And uh, that's, that's hard to remember.
1: Yeah, sometimes uh, even we misspeak and we do so on this podcast even. And if mm-hmm. you would like to tell us how we have yes. spoken incorrectly, come join us on Slack by emailing there is at com, or by joining the Facebook group for Sound and Worship. That's on a little site we like to call Metaverse.
2: Yes, Metaverse. I'm
1: sorry, facebook.com. Uh, and there's one more way that you can join us. Yes. And that is... By just flat out emailing us. Well, there's uh, that, also there is a bomb cast.
2: And the other oh, other way, the other is one. by joining not the bee. Oh yeah, uh, and hanging out with us there because we're all on not. That's the bee right.
1: Now. We are all not the beers. I feel very bad. I have not posted in quite a while. Um, I've just been really really busy with a lot of work stuff and family yeah. stuff. Um, but I will. I, I try and check in on on there every now and then, and we yeah. do have a group on Not the Bee. We do. Uh, it's it's, it's podcast.
2: new, and it's got like two posts in it because I've not paid attention to groups. Uh, <laughs> but but Justin actually pulled the trigger and got a subscription Sweet. while we were recording with the uh, the amazing. Not the Bee Social Podcast. <laughs> so if you go to Not the Bee Social, po- uh, if you join their, they Not the Bee Social. Um, then you can listen to the social podcast. Uh they have their own like podcatcher. Uh it's like a private facing pod catcher where you have to be a member to listen to them. Um and they interviewed us in between these last two episodes. Uh actually it was like two days after we recorded our last episode. Correct. Bef- yeah. Was it even before it aired? Like we, yeah, it was. we recorded it was with we, yeah. we and we recorded,
1: so, although that not yeah. to be social did not release uh until
2: Wednesday or maybe it was, Thursday of that week it, my, yeah it was significantly later than they wanted to but um but that was a fun time and Justin uh pulled the trigger while we were recording because they were like and we have uh, we're having not to be first we are interviewing someone who's a free member he's like actually I'm uh getting a right now on my PayPal and, <laughs> So, that is so he's there, it was, so we're all there. We're all in not the B and uh, I'm, I'm at Jimerson. We also, Grant is at everyone. And Justin is at Justin underscore SIW, which for you guys, that'll make sense. But for anyone else who's not familiar with, with Justin, it's a little bit harder to remember.
1: So lots of ways to connect. We actually yes. did have a piece of feedback. Uh, last time we we were talking, we were starting to sing One of these days I'm going to fly over the mountain That, that is actually FFH singing not, Far from home Yeah, far from home Not Avalon like I originally expected But I, I don't know I got those bands confused all the time I remember back then when they were actually Christian popular and I still am getting them mixed up today. But Avalon to is best known for Testify to Love.
2: Yes, and FFH is most known for Are You Living in a Big Fish or Are You Sitting in the Belly of a Well Gone Mad? Are they really? No, probably I not. But they, I want
1: to say that they did One write of These that one, Days though. is a pretty big, probably big so. song for them. <laughs> and I mess it up. <laughs> yeah. just, I don't know. That song sounds like it could have been an Avalon song. So yeah. there's that
2: yeah there's another band i'm thinking of now that i'm trying to remember they had the goldies last day yes
1: uh, uh oh man i had it
2: and it's it's like three PFR. letters as well pfr pray for rain that was it yeah yeah pfr yeah
1: i which was like the most which that goldies is absolutely
2: day. not which is absolutely not their most well-known song it's just the one that comes to mind yeah. first
1: yeah, in fact, uh, I'm trying to remember. They actually had a number of albums. They were not a one-hit wonder.
2: No. Um, they and they released one like years after like everyone thought they had broken up. Oh, really? Because I
1: because
2: I got that one and I listened to it several times whenever I first got it, and that was it. Um, I think it was just out of nostalgia.
1: Like
3: Efr has a new album, I'm getting it.
1: Oh my goodness. Great lengths, 1994. The last great PFR. We had that album, 1997. Them, that was probably their best album, 1996. Goldie's Last Day was its own album in
2: Interesting.
1: 1993.
2: Was that huh? like a B-Sides album or something?
1: I don't yeah. know. It, it's kind of early on for them. It was 1993. 1992 is their first one. Pray for rain. Oh my word! The album art. You guys need to check this out. It's just wild.
2: Did they also have the pigs? Like pigs, pigs got nothing to get them. Yeah, many it pigs got be. to learn how to pin them. Buy you a watchdog and name that dog Rover. Keep the pigs off the street so they don't get run over.
1: I don't remember. Oh, oh, wow! And then they came out with an album in 2020, the Bookhouse Recordings.
2: Oh, that's Were not the one I'm thinking of. of. No. Uh,
1: there was a late, great PFR. That came out in 1997.
2: Huh. I, I was there not one in between the two?
1: I don't know. They came out. Their uh, song, Last Breath, is marked with an E for, you know, bad Ooh. words or something like that. I wonder, I wonder what happened there. Oh, no. 2004 version. Yeah, the pink song. There it is on yeah. the Lake great PFR.
2: Yeah, I might be. I might be thinking of another band, but anyway.
1: But yeah, Goldie's Last Day was definitely PFR. They even have an album called Goldie's Last Day.
2: Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, this there has so definitely cool. devolved into something else.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's been good talking with you again, and it has uh, been. we do hope that uh, Justin will be able to join us on our next album, or next album,
2: oh next right. album, our next album,
1: our next discussion will, of an album. We'll, yes, and uh, we are planning to discuss uh, the album Philippians by Solos, but not next.
2: That's not what we're doing next. No, no, no.
1: We're going to be doing some. what Are we doing uh, modern post next?
2: We're doing modern posts. Yeah. Water in the blood.
1: They, yeah, they have a a very cool album cover. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Anyway. And it took me way too long to figure out that Water in the Blood was from um, Rock of Ages, even though they sing Rock of Ages on the album. Oh, really? Yeah. Took me, like, way longer than it should have to figure that one out. <sighs> let, the, let the water in the blood from the wounded side which flowed.
1: They, um... Yeah, we'll we'll be exploring that one next, but uh for now.
2: Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there?
0: There is a bomb.
1: Thank you for listening to the Balm Gilead Podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereisbalmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at Slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balming Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback. So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast.
0: Sorry. That
2: started accidentally. It was. I didn't mean to hit that.